you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Towards the end of your Bibles, if you've gone to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, or Judah Revelation, you've gone too far. So 2nd Peter, it's one of those small letters. And I think it's going to be up here on the, yes, up on the screen. 2nd Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are years and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go on and pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for the time that we have together this evening. May we glorify you and honor you. May you give me the words to say and let you be glorified. Bring me down, raise you up. May you be glorified. And thank you for all your many blessings in your precious name. Amen. I remember my first race. It was a 10K, just six miles. And it was in Grand Canyon, around Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. The adrenaline was high because you had all these other runners around and everybody was pumped to run. Now people have told me, be careful when you start. Because you have this adrenaline that's so high that you start faster than you think you're going. You're running faster than what you think. And so I, I listened to them, and I knew what they were saying. As I start out, I make it about three miles out. And I, mention, I notice this guy in front of me. I'm starting to get a little tired. I notice this guy in front of me. He has a GPS watch. So he's tracking his pace. And I've been behind this guy for about, for about a mile. And I asked him, I, I said, what's our pace? He ended up telling me our pace has been a two minute, a mile quicker pace than what I trained for. <laughs> so miles four, five, and six were miserable. I was exhausted, it was about mile five, and I'm <sighs> And I'm talking to myself, self, what am I doing? I'm grabbing water, and I'm dousing water on myself. Picture a Shamu show, Shamu splashing water on me, but I just ran a marathon at the same time. But when I get to the finish line, it's mile six, I see everyone, everyone's cheering for us as we're coming through the finish line. I'm exhausted. I'm, I've been straining. I'm exhausted, sweaty, wet with water. 
and I finish. And as I bend over, and I remember the words, the first words Amanda asked me, Honey, are you okay? <laughs> I was pale white. I was like Casper the ghost because I was exhausted. Much of the Christian life is like this. See, the Christian life is not an easy stroll. For many of us, we will have struggles our entire life. And it's a run, it's a race our entire lives. And what Peter is saying is he's saying that you have to strive, you have to make an effort. It's going to be tough. If people tell you the Christian life is easy, they've been telling you wrong. Because when you look at the saints through the history of the church, they've gone through struggles. And it may not just be struggles, it may be an adrenaline. Because all of us kind of have these up and downs in our life. Our adrenaline can be high, and when we're in the comfort zone, that sometimes can be the worst. But Peter's saying, don't worry. God has given us a GPS. God's power supplies. God's power supplies. In verse 3, he says, His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything. He's given us a GPS that we can depend on. What I like about the New Testament writers, any writer in the, in the Bible, is I like to see what kind of words they use and why they use them. And he, a lot of the writers use specific words for a reason. He uses the word divine because he's speaking to a mostly a Gentile audience. He's writing to audiences in Asia Minor. And when he uses the word divine, what he's doing is he's grabbing a Greek pagan word, coming, talking about the deities, the Greek deities, and he's applying it to Jesus. He's saying his divine power. And they would have known exactly what he was talking about. That word for divine has only been used three times in the New Testament. Twice by Peter and once by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul he used it on Mars Hill when he was arguing with Epicurean and the Stoic philosophers. That's how they communicate, is they're able to get into their audience and they're able to speak their words. But they're able to take those words and apply them to Jesus or to apply them to God. Because Paul says it's God, not these created idols that you have, that gives you, that allows you to move and breathe. And so that's what we have, because God's power supplies. His divine power gives us all we need. It's the GPS watch, but we need to depend on it. Just because we have this GPS watch, just because God's power supply, since we have his power supply, that doesn't mean that we don't train. Sure, I wear a GPS watch, every time I run. But I still train. If I don't train, I'm going to look like an idiot out there running with a GPS watch. So we have to train. And Peter talks about this, through this, because Peter's concern is to protect the body of Christ. As you go through this Second Peter, you see that he talks about these, these uh, false teachers. And he's not so much concerned, he doesn't go into specifics about the doctrine that they're teaching, but he talks about their character. Peter is concerned about character. 
He says, strive towards godliness. Strive towards holiness. And it's going to be tough. But God's power supplies. Depend on it. And he says that it's God's power that we received. We have the power supply. We didn't have to buy it. It was free. It was a gift. And he wants to protect us. And he tells us in this letter that it's his power that supplies us as we strive forward. It's a moving forward. But he also, he tells us that to strive for godliness is not an option. To strive for holiness, to run the race, it's an obligation as a Christian. He's not talking about justification by works. He stands right alongside the Apostle Paul, and he would say that we're saved by grace through faith. But what he's saying is that once we're saved, once we have the saving faith, now strive, move forward. See, the Apostle Paul was attacking Jewish, the, the legalism, the circumcision, the law. He was, a, he was battling, that was his battlefront. He was battling law to be saved. What Peter's battling against is lawlessness. And so he's talking about character. He's hitting the issue of character. And he's saying, make an effort to add to your faith. Strive forward, run forward, because you have a GPS. Martin Lloyd-Jones calls it, a, a lot of people have this view of a magical faith. This idea where you step up to an altar and you make a decision. Or you say these certain words. And then everything is going to be alright. That's all you need to do. I think of the phrase, let go and let God. Or abide in God in some kind of passive sense. Like there's no training involved. As if the GPS is going to do everything for us. But what Martin Lloyd-Jones talks about is, is faith is much more. It's much more components. You have your saving faith. Yes, we're justified by grace through faith. But then we furnish out that faith. And that's what Peter talks about. It's this forward motion. We add on to this faith that's already there. And Peter gives us several, several attributes. But first, John Calvin in his commentary, he says, It then follows that those who do not strive for pure and holy life, do not understand even the first rudiments of faith. But don't forget to depend on the GPS. Because John Calvin in the same commentary also says, it's our progress and our perseverance that even those are from God. So depend on the GPS. So Peter says, supplement your faith with virtue. That's the first attribute he listens, lists. Now, virtue is not what we think of the typical virtue because we would consider, the way we define it, we, consider, we would consider all of these a virtue. But what, uh, what Peter is talking about is he's talking about a strength, a moral goodness, vigor to be strong. I have the moral strength to say no to something. I have the strength to get up at 5 a.m. and go to the hospital to visit something that needs to be visited. I have the moral strength to read scripture at 10 o'clock at night because it's the only chance I got to. It's a strength. It's a bearing up. That's the kind of vigor that he's talking, that's the kind of virtue that he's talking about. And then Peter goes into supplementing your faith with knowledge. Peter talks about growing in the knowledge and the wisdom of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about that throughout the letter. And what he's talking about with this knowledge 
is it's not just a cognitive knowledge. It's not just our mind. He's talking about the mind and the heart. If your mind's touched, but your heart's not, then something's wrong. If your heart's touched and not your mind, then something's wrong. They can't be divorced. He's talking about a knowledge, a divine knowledge of God, but he's also talking about an ethical knowledge because it's a relationship. We're having a relationship with Jesus Christ, and this relationship takes the mind and the heart. And this is the kind of knowledge that he's talking about, a head and heart knowledge. Then he goes into self-control. Supplement your faith with self-control. Add to your faith self-control. And this means mastering your passions. To have mastery over your passions. See, I, I run and I exercise a lot, but I haven't mastered my Wendy's fast food. I eat. I don't eat that good. I haven't mastered the desires to have that food. Just today I realized how much my daughter Sophia is like me. Because I cooked bacon and salsa or bacon and salad for lunch. That was our lunch, bacon and salad. Amanda was looking at me like bacon and salad. And I put some bacon on Sophia's plate and she says, mm, mm, mm. I love the side of baked I love the side of cooked bacon. It's like, she is so much like me. But I, don't, I know I have a head knowledge that I should be eating better because eating is 80%. Your diet is 80% of your working out, of staying healthy. I know that, but I don't really act it out. It hasn't really hit me that I need to be eating healthier. That's that self-control, having a mastery over your passions and your desires, especially sinful desires because what Peter wants is he wants to separate us away from the corruption that is in the world. He mentions that in the first few verses. He says, separate yourself from the corruption that is in the world. Now with the gospel, we know when we go away from the gospel, it's either going to be towards law, which Paul argued against, or it's going to be against, it's going to be going in the direction of lawlessness. And what Peter's concern was the lawlessness. Stay away from that corruption. Master those desires, those sinful desires that are in your mind and your heart. And then he goes into steadfastness. This is to hold fast to one's faith. To not waver when a storm comes. Not get distracted when the adrenaline's high. But to remember to stay the course. To remember to strive for holiness. Back in Nashville, Tennessee, I was in some sales training, and the sales manager, he said, be a buffalo, not a cow. Okay, be big, hairy, and stinky. I don't get this. Buffalo, okay, okay. You see, a cow, when a storm comes, runs the opposite direction of the storm. Eventually, the storm overtakes the cow. Ends up being worse for the cow than he wanted. But a buffalo, he sees that storm rolling down the horizon. He runs through the storm. Be a buffalo. That's what I think of when steadfastness. Because when things come, whether your adrenaline's high and things are going really good, or things are low and you're in the valley, you stay strong. Stay patient. Do not waver. That's the steadfastness. Not to be wavered when things hit, but to keep the course. Then we're to have godliness. 
this, idea, this godliness is a reverence or a respect towards God. It's being devout, pious, to adore God and give total devotion to God as we pursue. And then supplement with mutual affection. Brotherly kindness. This is, this is love towards one another within the body of Christ. This, for some of us, can actually be really difficult. Let's be honest. There are some weird people in the church. There are some people that are idiosyncrasies we just can't stand. Given, present, me too. Some of you might think I'm weird. I'm a strange guy. Yeah, I'm a goofy guy. And he shaves his head. He's really weird. And sometimes that just gets in the way of us being able to love that person. But Peter's telling us to add that to your faith. Even if it's difficult, strive for love among the brothers. Brotherly affection. And then love, charity. This is a general goodwill to others. This is what Jesus talks about when he says to love your neighbor as yourself. To love others, especially the unlovable. Now, how do we train? We got, we got God's power supply. How do we plug into God's power supply? How do we get that power? How do we train? See, I've got, I've got to know how to operate this GPS or else it doesn't do me any good. I've got to know how to operate the power supply, so I've got to plug in. And how do we do that? Reading our Bibles. Reading the Word. We need to make haste. We need to make an effort to read our Word. To say that I don't have time to read the Bible, to me, is a bad excuse. When I make that excuse, it's a bad excuse. I can listen to sermons when I'm driving to work. I can listen to sermons when I'm at the gym. I can listen to sermons when I'm running. Because we have so much technology that allows us to do that. I can read sermons on my phone. I can read sermons on the train. We have the technology to say we never have the time to get any kind of God's word. Peter tells us to remember what God has done for us. That's one of his big things. In chapter 3 he says, I wrote this, this second letter to remind you. How are we to remember if we don't stay in his word? How are we to grow in knowledge of Jesus, to have this relationship if we don't get to know him more and more through his word? Plug into God's power supply by reading your Bibles. And then second is through prayer. I don't know if any of you have been married for 30 or 40 years and have never spoken with your spouse. <laughs> or you avoid the tough communication, the tough things that you need to talk about. But that's how a relationship works. You talk back and forth. And that's how we grow in knowledge and wisdom through Jesus is communicating. And it's a relationship. This knowledge is a head and a heart. So we need to pray. We need to read our Bibles. Plug into the power supply. God's power supply. And then to pray. Communicate. It's a relationship between us and God. And you don't have to turn your phone on. You don't have to worry about having Verizon or T-Mobile coverage in some certain areas. You can talk to God 24-7, and he's there. So pray. That's somewhere that I struggle with. That's somewhere where I'm running with. That's somewhere where I strive and striving to be better at is through my prayer life. And that's how we plug into God's power supply. Now why? Why does this matter? Why should we seek holiness? 
Why should we pursue holiness and godliness? Why should we care about being made more in his image? Yes, it's to protect us from the false teachers. It's to protect us from the teaching out there that would go against the gospel. But the most important reason why is gratitude for the gospel. Being thankful and remembering where we came from. I remember that first 10K very vividly. <laughs> and I saw as I trained, as I trained, I got better and better. I was able to look back and I was able to remember where I was at one point. And we are to remember where we stood. If we go back to verse 1, which I haven't read, but if we rewind back to verse 1, Peter starts 2 Peter, verse 1. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who have obtained a faith, who have received a faith. See, Christianity, we receive before we do. We have received before we do. And we are to be thankful for that. And Peter's saying, remember where he came from and then move forward. So it's gratitude for the gospel. We have equal standing with the apostles. We have equal standing as Gentiles with the covenant community of the Jewish Christians. And it's all a gift. So be thankful. Remember, remember, remember. If we're not plugging into God's power supply, if we're not reading his word, if we're not in constant communication with him, then we forget. It's easy to forget. Peter even says at the end of his letter, he says some of the things that Paul writes are, is difficult to understand. Just read Romans 7. I do what I do not want to do. I do not do, do what things I want to do. And he's running through all these circles. You've got to read it 15 times to know what he's saying and then to remember. If we're not plugging into God's power supply through reading through his word, it's hard to know where to go. It's hard to have gratitude and be thankful for where we came. The Bible puts us, the Word of God puts us in the right standing, understanding where we came from. The Heidelberg Catechism, question 86. Since we have been delivered from our misery by grace through Christ without any merit of our own, why then should we do good works? Because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, is also restoring us by his spirit into his image, so that with our whole lives we may show that we are thankful to God for his benefits, so that he may be praised through us, so that we may be assured of our faith by its fruits. Peter talks about this a little bit in this passage. And so that by our godly living, our neighbors may be won over to Christ. See, the Christian life, it's a long-distance run. And we have a GPS. God's power supplies, it supplies us. We need to plug into it. We need to look back. We need to look at the Bible, which is our instruction book. It tells us where we came from. It tells us how are we to seek this holiness. See, I've got a GPS watch, but if I'm not looking at the directions, if I'm not trying to figure out how this works, it's more difficult for me to depend on it. I may not even know how to turn it on. But now I know how it works, and I depend on it when I'm running. But I still train. 
God's power supplies, but we still train. We are to furnish with our faith, remembering where we came from. See, the gospel tells us we have received. We have been saved unto works. Strive. Move forward. And we add, Peter talks about these attributes. And then, as things are getting tough, or if you're at a high, somebody can come alongside you, that's that brotherly affection, somebody within the body of Christ, and ask you, is everything okay? We need those people within ourselves. We need those people running alongside of, of us who also are being supplied by God's power. Find those people that are tapping into that GPS constantly. Look to those people and see how the run is going. You need those people in your life. And Peter wants to protect us. And how we do that is striving forward. It's our character to be more like Christ. Because we've been given so much. It's the gospel that says we have received. We have been blessed. So bless others. God's power supplies. So plug into it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this time again that we have this evening. Thank you for your word that some people die to have. Help us not to stay in a comfort zone, but help us to strive towards godliness. Doing it knowing that it's not what earns your merit or your favor. But we strive forward because we remember where we came from. We remember what you've done for us. We thank you for your grace and your son Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. In your precious name, amen.